The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. Hello everyone I and welcome the to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast. Coming to you live on Port Fan Radio. I'm your host, Mac 19 Joining us as always is Portia. Hello. The Porsche. How are you? Five years to Scott Lysett. Five years. Maka. Five years. Should have made it seven. Five years. Should have made it seven. I'm disappointed. Oh, God. <laughs> Five years. <laughs> Five years was always going to happen. That was always going to happen. Jeez. Remember when we talked about players like, you know, Hartlett and Gray getting long, long contracts? Remember those days when actual good players at Fort were getting long contracts? Mm. Five years. Yeah. I mean, that's absurd. Well, if you if you want to attract these sorts of players, then that's the sort of thing you have to do, I think. Now, whether Lysett's the right player that we should have targeted, that's no. another question. But, um, look, th- these are the positives. Because I know, look, we were both pretty negative about uh, attracting Scott Lysett to the club last week. But, th- look, these are the positives because I've done a lot of thinking about this. Okay. Look, he's, he's been able to successfully play as part of a dual ruck combo at True. West Coast, yes. which I think is important because that's something that we've not been able to do for a long time because Lobi was terrible and then Ryder got suspended for a year and then Lobi left and then Frampton's not ready. So this is the first time in a very long time that it actually looks like we've got two competent Ruckman on our list, which is fantastic. So that's something to be excited about. Um the next thing is that he's been able to successfully take over as a lead ruck in a successful side, um, which I think is important as well. And he's been able to do that at a premiership winning side, which I think is also important. Um, so I think there are probably three things that we've kind of overlooked in our negativity towards uh, attracting Scott Lysett for a uh, monster five-year deal. There's no way he plays more than three as part of the first 22. No, he'll play minimum four and probably the fifth as well. As the first 22? I reckon. No. I reckon. All right, mark it. <laughs> look, I think he's, um, what is he now, 26? Yeah, look, I, I can see him playing until he's 30, 31 for sure. If he does, then that means we're shit beyond Hinkley, that's for sure. Well, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Oh, sure, we could, Hinkley could said, still be around. Look, Look, his two best years where he's played full seasons, they've won 15 and 19 games. Hmm. So, you know, it's not like West Coast went downhill when they were faced with uh, Scott Lysett being their main ruckman. Um, so I think that's important. And look, he's going to bring over quite a bit of intel, you would think, about sort of midfield strategies and, and how they go about their business and that sort of thing. So, look, I... Is he worth the money? I don't think so. Is it a risk? Yes, it is a risk. Definitely a risk. Um, but I think it's a risk that we've had to take this time. And um, if he's the best uh, ruckman that was available on the market, then I think we've probably done the right decision in that aspect. Because, as I said, for the first time in forever, we've now got two competent ruckmen on our list, uh, which hasn't happened a lot. In, uh, in recent times. Yeah. Uh, so if Ryder continues on his uh, injury-riddled ways, then at least we've got someone who's 26, built like a brick shit house, and is ready to go, who's been a lead ruckman at another AFL club, as opposed to 
um, putting our faith in Billy Frampton, who's may not ever be ready, oh, <laughs> may not be on the list next now, year, right? Doesn't he? Yeah. Or Sam Hayes, who's you know not going to be ready because um, he's coming back from ACL. Or there's you know throwing our weight behind Westhoff and Dixon in the ruck again, which has proven never to work. Um, so whilst I'm not entirely a hundred percent thrilled, uh, I think there's more positives than what. I maybe gave across last week. Okay. <laughs> You're not convinced. Well, what are your expectations for Scott Lysett for next year? For next year? Yep. Uh, he will, well, he'll certainly play the first three games and then we'll slowly drop four players and it might not be him. It might be that Paddy Ryder gets an injury or something, in which case Lysett will be the number one ruckman. But if if uh, Ryder comes out in good form and Lysett doesn't do a lot, he'll probably get dropped when the the first rains fall of winter, um, and then who knows? Maybe. Do you I've see got... Lysett becoming the first ruckman and Ryder playing up forward? Maybe, but um, that doesn't seem like a great use of either of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not sure that that's entirely true. I think Ryder's a more than capable forward. No, he's no, played a lot of really good games up forward for us. He's a far more so, damaging ruckman than my city is. Uh, well, that too. Oh, I guess it depends on... Yeah, look, it, it really depends. I guess we'll see in the preseason what the structures are likely to be. Look, for, um, me, for me, if Lysett can do that role that we were trying to get Jack Watts to do, where he's constantly surrounded by blokes and somehow actually uses his height to take marks occasionally and kick a few goals... When he's not in ruck, if he can do that, then okay, that's good for the mm. next year. Um, and it means probably Jack Watts won't get a look in, but there you go. Um, yeah, yeah. There we go. Well, look, look let's talk about uh, some of the other um, moves so far across the AFL. And I guess the big one, the main one, is uh, Tom Lynch, who has uh, gone to Richmond. <laughs> um, former All-Australian, two-time best and fairest winner, uh, multi-million dollar deal. Uh, big Tom Lynch. That's uh, it's a pretty handy pickup for the Tigers. Yeah, but I had put down two notes on other players and I'd forgotten about Tom Lynch. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, Tom Lynch to Richmond. I mean, obviously that's a home run for them. Um, it'll be yeah. interesting, though. This is something that comes up with teams sometimes when you've got used to having a bunch of small forwards is in adding that extra tall forward in there. I don't know. What, what's going to happen? Is it going to work? Well, that's the thing. I, I've thought about this a fair bit as well and... Outside of maybe Tom Boyd, I can't think of a team that has added a... And look, Tom Boyd's not even a first-string forward. Like, he, he was a, a kid when he went across to the Dogs. Sure. Um, but I can't think of, off the top of my head, a, a a gun key forward that has changed clubs that has then gone on to premiership success. Well, I mean, apart from the ones that go to Sydney... <laughs> Well, Barry Hole's probably the only one. He's the main one. Like Franklin hasn't won a grand final. True, at the Swans. true, true. That's true. Um, neither did Plugger, and there's yeah, you know okay. seven or eight other examples of uh, of big name players coming or changing clubs and. I, uh, I guess for me, like the, expecting it, but success, but in it those doesn't cases, necessarily like, always happen. But in those cases, both times, like with Franklin and and Locker, I mean Sydney improved, yeah. Um, oh, no doubt. And, yeah. and they were in the ballpark. So maybe yeah, maybe you didn't get an apprenticeship, but I would say that's probably partially to other factors. But as far as improving the side, I mean, it should do it. It just might not be an instant adjustment. Mm. Um, and at Richmond, 
I'd say it probably won't be an instant adjustment. It might be another non-premiership year next year. Maybe. But it certainly gives them a uh, something to look forward to once Jack Rewalt retires yeah, in, a, yeah. in a year or two or three years' time. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they play with each other because Rewalt can sort of lead up the field a fair bit. And Lynch can do that as well. Yeah. I think think they're two that can work together in tandem pretty well. Yeah. uh, Because they're both fairly different and and they can both sort of um, play well together, in my opinion. The the next one is uh, Luke Dalhouse has gone across to Geelong from the Dogs. (laughs) He wasn't on my list either. Yep, okay. Yep. (laughs) So he was a... It's a pretty decent pickup for Geelong, I guess. They maybe need a bit more pace through the midfield and they've gotten that now with, with Dalhouse who um, probably didn't play his best football in the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, that's I still think that's a pretty fair pick up for them. I think he was one of those players that um, we were talking about mid-season about, yeah, I wouldn't mind getting Dalhouse. He's all right. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a good pick up for John. Makes sense. Yeah. And Reese Conker who uh, has gone on a three-year deal to Frio, which seems about three years too many. But Yeah, it's a bit surprising, that one. Yeah, and the fact that they were going to get a, what was it, a band three compensation pick at the end of second round or something like that for him as well, which uh, seems a bit strange. But um, his career probably hasn't worked out what he would have liked. And um, I don't know, Frio needs some, uh, some more talent through the midfield, so maybe that might work out well for them. Yeah, maybe. Um, I guess we'll find out about that. But, uh, yep. Hmm. Now, look, there's been a few trades that have been completed. The first one was uh, Lincoln McCartney, who's gone from Geelong to Brisbane, which is a big case of who gives a shit. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, pretty much. <laughs> uh, he'll play four games for them and uh, and resign or will get mm-hmm. sacked in the next couple of years, I, I imagine. Um, Corey Ellis and Anthony Miles have gone to the Gold Coast. That's probably two fairly decent pickups for them. That, that was the it's, Shane Bond, Braden Lyle trade of the the trade period. That's for pretty sure. much, yeah. So it was Corey Ellis, Anthony Miles, and a third round pick for a third round pick. Mm. So they've got two players for free, which uh, I guess will help them fit uh, Tom Lynch in their salary cap a little bit uh, next year. Um, but yeah, look, you would think that both of them would be uh, immediately in the uh, in the first 22 for Gold Coast, especially Miles. Can, can I slam Gold Coast briefly? Um, you can. <laughs> great. Because I just want to, like, and, and Colton really as well, and for mostly the AFL. So we've had the AFL, uh, we've had the AFL tr- allow, instead of priority picks, the mature age pickup, and one of them's already been traded. I didn't know you can trade them. Why did the AFL let you trade them when... The whole point of giving someone access to mature age players <laughs> is so that they have a more mature lineup. I mean, why is that a tradable asset? And then this well, is it might the... help Carlton. Might help Carlton out. You never know. <laughs> no, it shouldn't be tradable. Like if you allow things like that, it just shouldn't be tradable. Particularly when those players are actually, you know, they're valuable picks. What Kelly and Ryan last year? Um, you know, mm-hmm. pretty. That's a pretty big deal. Uh, and it's a. It just. But most importantly, it's just dumb to do that. But here's where Gold Coast comes in. Like. The other thing is AFL shouldn't let you do is trade future first-round picks, and we've already seen Gold Coast get caught for that, and they're trading future picks again, and they're going to do some more. Um, <laughs> you know, what's going on with Gold Coast? Why, why is the AFL allowing shit teams to trade good shit away? That, that's my question. Why are, they, yeah. why are they making it easy for, you know, not just occasional crap sides, but, like, legitimately long-term crap sides trade away what is intended to be a concession to make them stronger? 
um, mm. when they clearly. Well, I don't think they've traded away any decent picks yet, or future oh. picks. No, yeah. this is the last year one, but yeah, like they traded away. What was yeah, that? yeah. Um, yeah, well, that that was a uh, a trade that massively backfired for them. Yeah. Because um, yeah. I don't think anybody in the country really expected West Coast to win the premiership, and I think yeah, most people sort of expected that pick to be a, a a pick six or something like that, not mm-hmm. a pick nineteen. Um, so it sucks to be Gold Coast for that, I think. But um, yeah, I, I'm more concerned about their sort of uh, their strategy, and also I think guys like oh. Miles and Ellis will be part of their first twenty-two. Um, you probably don't really want them to be. You, you maybe want to sort of keep pushing the kids and giving guys like Will Brody a bit more game time and maybe someone like Jack Scrimshaw as well, as opposed to bringing in sort of you know twenty six year old guys that definitely aren't going to be around for their next premiership or yeah, first premiership, I should well, say. Well, maybe. I mean, I guess the one thing working in Gold Coast favour this year is they don't have Scott Clayton there anymore, so that's good for them. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. And look. The the other trade which has gone through, which was uh, very interesting, was Nathan Kruger. Yeah, um, shits me. Who, who Carlton um, selected as this mature age player and on traded to Geelong for pick 42. We could have. And now Nathan Kruger was one that uh, I was red hot on last year. Had him in Ooh, my... Both pretty I think cool. I had him... Yeah, I think I had him 18th on my list last year. Didn't get drafted. And we said, oh, we both said, I remember, I really hope that he can go back to the SNFL and have a decent year and, and put his name back up there again. And, and he did that. He kicked 22 goals this year from 13 games um, after moving to the forward line uh, for South Adelaide in the senior team. So he played really, really well at senior level. And um, I'm absolutely stoked that he's got a crack at AFL level. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. Mm. I agree. Less stoked because I was kind of half hoping that he would be there. Yeah. In the draft, and uh, we might get a sneaky look at him with a late pick or something. But well, it would be nice, uh, yeah. nevertheless, and I guess the other one to talk about is uh, Dylan Shiel. Mm. Apparently, has chosen Essendon I have to uh, hate him as now. his uh, as his target, which um, which is a massive pickup for the Bombers. Going to the scum club, the, the drug cheating <laughs> scum club. I mean, how could for me? I've said it. I've said it only a few weeks ago. I think. There any player that actively when I sorry when we're discussing Brendan Goddard and whether he should get another shot, which is there mm. any player that actively chooses not just gets drafted to, but actively chooses to go to Essendon has no moral fibre, has no character. <laughs> so guess what, Dylan Shield, you're in that category now. Yep. You are he's scum now. Scum. He is scum. Scum. <laughs> boo. 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 I still love him, but boo. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a that's a huge pickup for them. He's uh, he's an elite midfielder and. Um, you know, with their sort of uh, selections over the past couple of years, they're they're building a pretty impressive list now, the Bombers. Yeah, yeah, I suppose they are. Isn't that wonderful? Mm. Yes, wonderful is uh, something. Um, <laughs> right, let's uh, go on to some questions. Oh, okay. And uh, the first one is from Dirty Two, which is uh, Will Stanley for Port Magpies captain next year? Oh, yeah, why not? It'll keep him around. Why not? If uh, if we're allowed to do that, I'm not too sure. Well, I mean, if he gets to listed, can't we do it? Mm. I thought well, they had to be 26 or older now, but oh, uh, maybe okay. I'm maybe I'm not understanding the rule properly. Yeah. Um, not sure. Um, Lawn chair Larry has said, uh, "Does or can Will Snelling equal or better Sam Gray with uh, with a bit of youth on his side?" No. 
And, and also, I just want to point out one bit of big news that we haven't discussed yet. I don't know if you're planning for it later. Is the best and fairest? Do we want to mention that? Oh, at all? yeah. Oh, I guess so. <laughs> I guess we can. I guess we can. Justin Westhoff. Justin Westhoff. The Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Well, certainly not Rick. That's for sure. <laughs> I just can't. I just can't believe it. I think he's it. still claiming it was rigged. I think, but uh, <laughs> the Hoff, look, he had a great year. He had a wonderful season. He did. He did. And uh, very well deserved. He was our most consistent player by a long shot, and uh, very well deserved. And um, you know, his name is etched in history now for Port Adelaide forever. Do you reckon? I don't know. Like you'd have to go through Magpie's history. Like, has there ever been a Port Adelaide best and fairest over thirty before? Uh wouldn't think so. Maybe. I doubt it. Maybe. I'm trying to think of uh, oh, how old was Paxman when he won? Oh, he wouldn't in, be. Uh, oh, he would have been pretty close. Yeah, he wouldn't have been. What, in two, when was that, 99? Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. He's 29 in 99. There you go. Okay. Pretty close. Yeah, but not. Oh, not. surely, uh, Kane Corns might have, maybe, yeah, maybe. in his last, yeah, his last uh, best and fairest. Yeah, maybe. No, I reckon he he would have been just under, as well, two thousand twelve. Yeah, so it's pretty uncommon. Yeah, well, look, maybe, maybe, hmm. maybe that that is true. Who knows? I guess we'll have to have Robbie Gray win it next year to buck that trend. I guess, but yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, look, I'm I'm sure there is someone that uh, that did it. Um, going going back, you know, fifty or sixty years, but yeah, certainly can't think of any off the top of my head. That's for sure. Oh, no. Tim Genevieve probably did it. I reckon. Oh, if he would have for sure. As best yeah, and he yeah, won as best and fairest in his last year. I reckon. Oh, you reckon? In ninety uh, in ninety seven, I'm pretty sure he won it, and he would have been thirty one. I reckon. Oh, he's born in sixty six. So what year was it? did he won it? Ninety seven. Yeah, you got me. There we are. Yes. <laughs> nice work. Good. The brain is working still. That's good. That's good. Well, what it is, is I think it's amazing that Westhoff has won his his first best and fairest over that's the age true. of 30. Yeah, I think yeah. that's quite remarkable. Um, and look, he's just someone that's just got better and better year on year, pretty much, um, throughout his entire career, uh, if you take away his debut season, I guess. But... Um, you know, he's definitely improved over the last sort of two to three seasons as opposed to what he was before that. Um, and look, long may it continue, I guess, because, um, you know, he's in he's in a rich vein of form. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and he's on one-year contracts now, so he's going to be good forever. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, any surprise with Polek finishing fifth? No, not really. No? No. Not, not really shocked? No. But- who was it oh, we were discussing last was... week that we had a dispute about whether they'd make the top 10? Who was it? Uh, might have been Cleary, maybe. No, it wasn't Cleary. Was it Wingard? Might have been Wingard. He finished sixth. Yeah. Yeah, he did well. Um, yeah. Yeah. And Jake Need out of the first 22, I notice. Well, that's not a shock. <laughs> no, no, but he, it's a bit disturbing that he's number 23. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, look, anyway, let's get back to some questions. Yeah, sorry. Um, 
Look, Long Live PAFC has uh, has asked, what's the club's reasoning behind not announcing further delistings? Um, because they might be able to well, do like minimal trades. Have to, yeah. yeah, we don't have to, yeah. really. We don't really have to. And look, if, uh, if some of these uh, fringe guys have a bit of interest, why not see if we can get something for them as opposed to delisting them early when we really don't have to? Um, there's another two or three list lodgements to come yet. And, well, there's no doubt that we'll make some further delistings for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, and look, there, there might be, you know, once trade week's over, then you get your big delistings. That's, that's, that's not uncommon practice for any season from Port Adelaide, mm. so that's pretty normal. Um, also from Long Live PAC, do Watson, Marshall play if, if Lysett, Dixon and Ryder are in the side? Uh, I reckon Lysett's replacing Watts. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I can, I can see us playing all of them, really. No. Um, but it would, it, it needs it to be a. We, we definitely can. Um, and look, West Coast have just won a premiership with Darling and Kennedy and Lysett and Vardy. Um, so why not? Why can't we also do something similar? Yeah, look, I mean, we could, but even if we did, like, we, we've seen this club's form where we have a tall first three games and then as soon as rain hits, we drop them. So, um, yeah. I, it just seems... I think we could, but it's just improbable that we actually would. Yeah, that's true. Um, he's also asked, uh, Long Live PAFC has asked, uh, any mature ages, DFAs or left-field players you would look at? Uh, not at this stage. Yeah, I'm just having a quick look. Uh, I think we've already done this in previous podcasts. Uh, a few weeks ago, we sort of went through uh, six or seven names that maybe might half be of interest, and you we kind of concluded that uh, <laughs> yeah, we we well, that's true. We kind of concluded that none of them really were. But Zach Clark's not a DFA; he he was delisted last year. Yeah. Um, and I think we spoke about yeah five or six different players, and we all determined that nah, none of them are. Uh, are worthy unless we want to get Cam O'Shea back. Yeah, no. Well, we need another back flanker. Come on. We we probably actually that's we probably do, but um, <laughs> we probably do. Yeah, but bring not, back the fridge. But not a short bring one. him back. Not I mean Let's not so, not Cam O'Shea is short, but like we could do with another back flanker, but it need to be a tall one. Yeah. Um, yeah, that can do a bit of um, that switch, like the small guy with, the, with a bit of pace that can play on a tall. That's what we need. Yeah. Uh, Andre has asked um, or stated, late pick smalls are a dime a dozen to draft or trade in cheaply. How long should they be on the list before drawing a line through and seeing if someone else can be more than average at best? Two years. Yeah, Sometimes I would one. say, yeah, one or two, depending on where they're drafted. I think you'd probably know pretty early. Yeah, I mean, unless they have like a season-ending injury in like March or April or something, then they might get that extra one, but... That'd be pretty much an exception case. Like, Snelling's been on too long. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah. Uh, Oz1870 has asked... Well, it's more of a statement, really, and he said it's crazy that we didn't give Snelling more of a chance. No, uh, he would keep him on for sure. And uh, he also states that um, Peter Laddams, like all Ruckman, played his best footy at the end uh, when he was the sole Ruckman and had full responsibility in the middle. This game versus North when Billy went up to the AFL was the best that he has played for the club. How was he around the ground, though? Because, I mean, that's that's it is a common thing, but it's also common mm. for Ruckman that aren't amazing around the ground. 
I don't know. We'll get to that because, yeah, um, yeah we'll, we'll get to that with him in a moment's time. Yes, uh, CT Power has asked, uh, what are your thoughts on Jack Martin from the Gold Coast and mm-hmm. what would he cost draft pick-wise or player? I really don't know. And he has suggested maybe Homsch. You would not be trading Homsch for Martin because Gold Coast... I, I understand this is Gold Coast, but surely they would say no to that. Surely. You know, I mean, I was, I was hoping we might have been able to use Homsch as a gambit to unseat that Stephen May guy. Uh, he, he would have been good, but he's opted from Victorian Club, I think. So Yeah. It's a shame. I quite like him. That is a shame. Um, look, Jack Martin, I'm not the biggest fan of Jack Martin, to be honest. No. I don't think he's developed anywhere near what... Um, that's really frustrating, you dingling, dingalinging that uh, that cup. That's yeah, well, great. I have to now because the the I, look what what I've had in the past is I've had like one regular tea mug, and then I've had a second one because I make a full pot of tea. But the second yeah. one had a lid on it, and so it kept the heat in. It was really good, uh, um, but it got a crack in it, so I'm back to pouring a oh, second no. mug. Yeah, so you're going to get these noises from now on, Macca. I'm sorry. Wonderful. Well, look, I guess we've put up with Rick's squeaky chair for six years, so why not uh, some <laughs> clinking mugs as well? Absolutely. But, yeah, look, Jack, Jack Munn, I don't think he's developed as much as what Gold Coast would have liked. I think he's an entirely fine player, <laughs> but he, he wouldn't be in the top 100 players in the AFL, I don't think. Um, so what would he cost uh, draft pick-wise? I've got no idea. Um, <laughs> probably like probably too much. I loved it. I loved it. I'm trying to keep a straight face here. I, I think he would cost too much for yeah. what Gold Coast would want. And I don't think he is going to be a difference maker for us. Well, let's just do the really basic. Uh, yeah, no. Well, it, I just don't see him as any importance to us to recruit. Mm. I mean, if Aaron Hall was going, yeah, <laughs> that'd be great. Mm. Yeah. Uh, CT Powers also said, uh, were there any surprises as to who made the top 10 in our best and fairest? Oh, bring up that list again. Um, no, I don't think so. I think they were all... Well, he expected. thought Cleary was a bit of a surprise. Uh, maybe, because I thought he was pretty shocking for the first half of the season. He had a very good second half. Um, he's also was... commented that there was no Dixon in the top 10, and I don't think that's really much of a surprise, because he no. had a pretty dirty year the whole year, really. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I think Cleary, uh, our best and fairest at Port Adelaide, no matter the voting system, it's always rewarded role players, which is why Kane has won them, <laughs> uh, Kane Corns. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, and so if Cleary seemed to be doing his job, even if it was not um, necessarily visible from what the fans can see, then, yeah, he's going to get votes. And it's yeah. pretty clear that, you know, we love our defence at Port Adelaide, and that's why everyone plays there, and that's why everyone opts to play there, because that's where you get the ball and occasionally you get to do things. Yeah. Right, let's go on to our player reviews for this week, and it's titled The Fading Futures. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first one, first player that we're going to talk about is uh, Will Snelling, who's been on the list for three years now. Uh, he played 18 games in the SANFL this year, averaged 23 disposals and eight tackles a game, won the best and fairest by a long way. Um, look, he's an outstanding SANFL footballer. There is no doubt about that. Uh, do you see any sort of future for him at AFL level? Um, if there is, it's not at Port Adelaide because if he had one, he'd have got a game by now. We were pl- we were we were picking from hardly anything. We were, we were scrabbling at some stages of the year to, to pick players in the AFL side, and you know mm. he's in that same boat as I suppose Billy Frampton in that if he couldn't get a game this year, he's not going to get one. Yeah, well, he did play a game in back in two th- in his first year, two thousand sixteen. Yeah. 
in his last round. Did play pretty well. Mm. Um, look, I'm a big fan of Will Snelling, and I, I would have loved for him to have gotten more of a go. I, I'm not sure. I can't really see a way that we keep him, or why would we, or why we would keep him really, because um, he's just taking up a, a rookie list spot, which you can probably get someone. Uh, else who's younger who might be able to do a similar job and maybe improve a little bit more. Um, mm. I'm not sure. I, I really hope – look, I hope he has some sort of AFL career because I love him. I reckon he's a he's a great midfielder. He's just – unfortunately for him, he's just a little bit too short. Um, yeah. That's probably the one thing that's really holding him back. And Jake Need. And Jake Need. <laughs> Jake, and, I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> When we get through to Jake Need, it's going to open up opportunities to play small midfielders again. But until that happens, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Look, maybe, I don't know. A lot of people sort of ask the question, you know, can he play somewhere else? Like, is he capable of playing on a flank at AFL level or SNFL level? I'm not too sure he is. I think he's just an in-the-guts midfielder. Hmm. I think that's that's where his future lies. And, you know, maybe it's at a place like Gold Coast or, or Brisbane or somewhere like that. I'm not yeah, too maybe. sure, but... Um, I, I can't see him. I think our, our main midfield, at least on paper, is too strong for him to ever get a go, um, especially with some younger guys like uh, like Joe Attlee who might be um, around the mark next year as well. Yeah, I mean, he's got a, I mean, when you've got small midfielders, there's always a lot going against them and they need to show something not just good form. They've got to show something actually exceptional that you go, wow, wow, how is he playing at this low level? Because if they don't have yeah. that, then they don't play. You know, if they yeah. don't if, if they don't have something that makes you go wow at that lower level, um, then they're, they're not going to have an AFL future. Because yeah. that gets diminished as soon as they play AFL, usually. Yeah. Look, that's right. Look, at the end of the day, he's probably going to be just another one of those players who you think, well, he's too good for this level. But, you know, unfortunately for him, he's not going to get a crack at AFL level. No. Um, which is a shame for him, but uh, that's just the way it is, I guess. Uh, the next player is Cam Hewitt, also on the rookie list, also been here for three years. He played 12 SNFL games this year, averaged 19 touches a game. Um, look, he's someone that has improved year on year um, that he's been here, but I still don't see much of a future for him at Port Adelaide. No, I'm pretty certain he was on my list list for last year. Um Mm. Yeah, I mean, he he can slowly improve, but when you've got guys that improve that slowly and there's not really a really obvious upside, I mean, he's a guy that we should have said, you know, last year comfortably, um, prove yourself at state league level. Yeah. Because um, we're seeing, and particularly, I mean, in recent seasons, we're seeing players prove themselves at state league level and then come in and play good AFL football. So it's not a curse. It's not a curse to do that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think we need to be a bit... I, I've always, this is always my position, we've got to be cycling through those young pl- those players that aren't quite there. Yeah. We've got to be cycling through. Give them a shot, see if they adapt, and if they don't, next one. Look, he's a competent SNFL player. I wouldn't go any further than that. Mm. Um, he plays some good games. He plays games where he just doesn't see the ball at all. Um, and look, he's absolutely delistworthy, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, the next player, Emmanuel Ira who was on the list for two years. He played 15 games this year at a SNFL level for uh, for 14 touches a game. Uh, he was a small defender, came across as part of the um, the Next Generation Academy um, and has been delisted. Uh, so he's certainly not going to get a go next year. No. 
Um, but look, he's someone that did improve quite a bit in his time at the club. When he came here, he was look. I think he was twenty one or twenty two when he when he first arrived. He was still playing SNFL reserves football for South Adelaide. Um, he's now a very very competent, but pretty good SNFL player, and has played some some brilliant games at that level. Um, and look, maybe there might have uh, there was a, a bit of chat around the place earlier in the season that the club was trying to look at getting him a game and that he was around the place for getting a debut. But uh, th- there must be things that they didn't like about him, which um, which have meant they've delisted him. Oh, look, I, I don't even think it's that, but that you can only take so many punts. And again, if you reach that long-term period, because he's there for a couple of years, you know, at yeah. a certain point, it's like, okay. I mean, even if, I don't know if this is how it works, I don't think it is, but, you know, you've got to make room for Kai Pudney somehow, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, look, and maybe that might just be it because there's a player, Martin Frederick, who's very, very similar well, to Emmanuel yeah. Ira, who's you know six years younger than him, who we will most likely be adding to the next generation academy list this year, yeah. um, and we'll get a rookie spot with the with the power. Um, so, you know, it might just be as simple as that. Um, but look, you know, when he arrived, he was probably a three out of ten player, and we've turned him into a six or a seven out of a ten player. So we've been able to develop him, just not. Yeah. As much. It's it's one of those uh, ones where you'd say maybe is what we'd hope. It fits the new Port Adelaide Club goals, which is to win premierships to make the community proud, and it probably didn't do the first one. Um, yeah, but you know, there's a community link. Yeah, I reckon it's been good having him there. And obviously, the yeah. the players like him, and you know, you'll go around and be part of his community as, as a as a former Port Adelaide player. So you know, maybe that'll be good for the club. Maybe that's good for him too. Yep, absolutely. Uh, the next player is uh, Jack Homsch. Who's uh, yeah. who's 25 years old? He's been at the club since 2013. He played 14 games this year. I know. Um, which is Baffling. both shocking, big, shocking because it was unexpected. I don't, I don't think I expected him to play anywhere near that amount at the start of the season, and I'm not sure it's a good sign that he did no, it's <laughs> not. either. Um, for someone that was that sadly is probably last on our sort of depth chart for key position defenders. Um, well, he averaged nine touches a game this year, two rebound 50s um, and 5.71 percenters. Uh, where to for Jack Homsch? Another club. I know, we've, I know he's, he has said he wants to stay and we've said we'll, look, we'll try and get you to a new club to see if you can get more game time somewhere else. But you know, he's a great clubman. Uh, he's a good leader. I don't know. Is this one of the the sadder stories um, from Port Adelaide's sort of AFL era so far? Last year it would have been a sad one, but a, a sensible one. And this year it's just a sensible one, in my view. Mm. Um, like it, you know how we hung on to Paul Stewart too long it, it, because yeah. he's a really good bloke, and I know it's Paul Stewart's back now. Um, <laughs> yeah, <but> yeah. <laughs> um, so you know, it might be that Jack Holmes has a has a post football career job at Port Adelaide in the future, I would not be against that. And obviously he's a good bloke, but he's there to play football. And he's not. He's he's mm. lost what little he had. He had a bit, he had a bit, but he's lost it. It's gone. Well, um, I think he had more than a bit. I think, um, oh. you know, going back to 2014, he had a monster year. And I think that his season that year was a major part of our success that year. And 2015, he was... Yeah, you know, halfway through the year, he was widely talked about in the media and among supporters as being AA squad worthy. 
Um, he was that good. And then he got injured, and he just has not recovered from his injuries. Yeah, that's it. Um, and that's turned him from a, a really impressive 22-year-old with pace, with great ability to read the play. Um, he was one of the best intercept markers in the competition um, to a player that now has uh, the turning circle of modern-day Ben Rutten, probably. But the other thing, um, about, the other thing about him is... It's a real shame. With that form, though, is that in 2014 and 15, he was mostly playing behind a midfield that wasn't entirely leaking like a sieve. Mm. Um, and I think that like this season particularly, it's just exposed his weaknesses more because the balls come in with such greater frequency and because there are so many other defenders around, you know. Um, yeah. It, it just, I don't think he knew what his role in this current defence is as well, you know. Yeah. And that probably explains some of his weird disposal choices and so on. Oh, I think he probably understands his role. I think just oh. unfortunately for him, his body lets him down. And, you know, he's lost all his pace. He's lost his agility. He can't change direction anymore. He can't get to the contest that he used to be able to get to to make an impact. And I think that's really – look, as I said, I think this is one of the saddest stories of our AFL era, to be honest, because he was tracking as being a, an incredibly good footballer. And um, look, now he may not be at the club next year, you know, three years later, which is a shame. I reckon it's not even close to Bowen Lockwood. <laughs> if you're talking about sad stories at the club, not even close. Yeah. Um, uh, Lockwood I reckon Homsch has had a has shown more than what Lockwood ever did. No, I and look, Lockwood was one of my is one of my all time favourites. Um, Homsch at best only showed he was going to be a really good third tall backman. But that's not that's not too much of a problem. Why is that a problem? That it's not, mean it's not a problem. I'm just saying <laughs> that compared to Bowen Lockwood, who is going to be everything, and he had some real star games, then to just be completely not just out of football, but with permanent back pain. I mean, that's a much more tragic story, right? Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Hugely. It's not even close. Like it's, it's, it's sad from a football perspective, but also from a human person perspective, like not being able to play football quite as well with Homsham. No, oh, that's not great. Bowen, but... Bowen Lockwood's story is oh. incredibly sad because he can't sit. Yeah. <laughs> and he can't, he can't live with, uh, you know, without a lot of medication and, oh. uh, and a lot of pain. So that's, that's I mean, a very that, sad that, story. That ranks, that's right up there. Like that's untouchable for me pretty much, apart mm. from McCarthy, you know? <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, next player is Peter Adams, who uh, okay. it's his second season at Port Adelaide. He played uh, 14 SA NFL games for nine disposals, 12 hitouts, and kicked 10 goals. Um, look, he's, I'm, I'm, you know, we were both big fans of getting Laddams yeah. at uh, in his draft year, and I think we both thought that that was a really smart decision because he showed a lot and yeah. uh, as a ruckman. And unfortunately, he's done fuck all ruck work in the two years he's been here. Because yes. last year, he had to compete with Loby and Frampton for ruck time at SANFL level. Mm. And this year, it's been a, a similar story. He's had you know one or two players in front of him. And he's just been shoved in a forward pocket. And, you know, I just he has not developed anywhere near what I thought he would. And that's not all on him, I don't think. No, and look, I mean, now that the news is in that we've got Lysa, I mean, that is exactly who he might replace in the side if he if he plays in good form. Um, one of Frampton or Adams is going to go this year. They kind of have to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Really? So, yeah. yeah. We, we need to make a decision. Look, personally, I'd probably keep Laddams yeah. for one yeah, more year, too. I think, and um, and make him the, uh, 
you know the main ruckman at SANFL level and, and see what he can do. Because I think he's, you know, I think he's uh, he's a very smart ruckman when he gets the opportunity to ruck. Yeah. Um, and look, maybe this has been good for him to get a little bit more of an all round game. Um, but I just feel like we've uh, we've mucked him around a little bit just by where we've been forced to play him because of the rules that were forced to play under, which we wanted, mind you. Yeah. Um, but I think this is one of those sort of situations where you go, gee, wouldn't it be great if he could play for Nord in the you know in yeah. the seniors or or something like that? I mean, I know I've brought it up on the podcast before, and I posted on Big Footy years ago and all that sort of thing, but. There was the week when we had at SANFL level, all playing at centre half forward, like Chad Corns, Barnaby French, Dean Brogan, and someone else I can't mm. remember. Like we had four, oh, Damien, Damien Squire, I think it was. We had four players um, all playing centre half forward at their respective SNFL clubs. I mean, that sometimes is just really useful to be able to do. Um, and it is, the down, it is the downside of the reserve sides. And, you know, yeah. um, I'm just not sure that we're getting the upsides that, <laughs> that we, we probably could. Probably not at yeah, this stage. Because, uh, yeah, it doesn't seem to be working for us. It doesn't seem to have given us a lift in terms of our player development. No, maybe not. Um, yeah, look, who knows? Who knows? I, I hope he gets another year just so we can sort of see what he can do. But it wouldn't surprise me at all if he's delisted at the end yeah. of the year. In, in fact, or I, I just, in the next couple of days. But. I just want to expand a little bit more on that. Like, you know, the whole idea of having a reserve side um, is that the players will be playing entirely under one system. Mm. They will learn the system. So it makes it easy to bring young players in to a role immediately in the top side. And that's the exact opposite of what Ken Hinckley does. <laughs> well, look, it, it might, it, that is probably true. Uh, look, it worked, it worked pretty fine in 2014 yeah. uh, in the first year where you could see that the SNFL team were playing exactly the yeah. same as the, as the AFL team were. But um, ever since that. then, I don't think they've gone close to playing sort of similar to f- similar football. And it's because they can't. Because what's meant to happen, like, for example, tall forwards and tall players are meant to be split kind of evenly between the two. And we, mm. do, we don't do that. We either have a few in or we just go to a stage where we've got none in, in, the, in the top side and then they're all stuck in the twos. Um, yeah. And that's coming from the selection Or, or we've got situations where we had this year here at SANFL level, where we had literally no tall players. Yeah. I think there was one game where Trent McKenzie was the tallest player in our side, and he's oh, 188 centimetres. Yeah, so it's not worth So we had, we had McKenzie and Tumpus as our key defenders that week. Yeah. And that, I'm pretty sure we got absolutely thrashed, as you would expect. That interchange um, between... We didn't have a ruckman. We didn't, you know, Frampton was injured or something, and, and Lanham's wasn't playing. Um, and it was just one of those sort of unfortunate situations. But... Um, you know, the, the SNFL has changed the rules in the last week regarding, um, you know, the types of players that we can pick and ages and, and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, you look at the, the type of players that we attracted at SNFL level in our first year when we were doing that, and we got guys like Henry Slattery and guys like Brueggemann who, well, it's not a great player. He was able to come in and perform a role, and we had Ben Harron who was, um, who was also told but this year, you look at the uh, the SNFL contract players that we selected, and pretty much 80% of them are under 175 centimetres. There's not like one tall player on that list. And you mm. think, well, yeah, we're pretty light on as an AFL squad for tolls as it is. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we certainly don't have a, 
a lot of depth in that area. And the worst case scenario happened a few times this year where we had to play, you know, the, this midget side at SANFL level, which is just not going to help anybody's development at all. Yeah, there's definitely something in the, in the football department that that interchange between because that the reserve side should be one of Port Adelaide's strongest assets. Like it's not just a reserve side, like you know you you teamed up with Williamstown or whatever else. You know this is a legitimate yeah. um, one club scenario. It's what it's supposed to be. It's what it was sold as certainly. Um, yeah. But the fact that there's so clearly not really any overarching coordination between the sides, that's really worrying. Yeah, uh, and it's it's a benefit we fought for that we are not using at all. Yep, <laughs> I agree. Look, hopefully, hopefully with the changes, um, we'll see a little bit better um, sort of strategy next year. That mm. is something that we absolutely need to do. But uh, anyway, the last player that we're going to talk about is uh, Jakey Need, one of the favourites of this podcast. Mm. Um, he played ten SANFL games this year for seventeen disposals and seven goals. And he played eight games at AFL level where he averaged under 10 disposals and kicked four goals. Um, how do you see his future panning out? Yeah, look, Mac, I'm just going to go for a walk. So can you just play the sound of uh, Sideshow Bob repeatedly stepping on rakes for the next five minutes? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, no, um, look, I mean, he, he, he should be gone. He's not going to do enough for us. I know that the club love him because mm. he, he runs hard and works hard, but that's the epitome of everything that's wrong with Port Adelaide right now because we work dumb. We work hard and dumb. Um, yeah. It's just not working. And it, like I said, I mean, this is this is a guy that is now legitimately, and next year, next year he'll legitimately be blocking small midfielders from having a crack at AFL football. Because he's a guy that's had his chances, multiple of them, many, many of them, and he just hasn't done enough. Mm. Yeah, look, he's he played a couple of decent games over the last few years. I think he played. He was really good in the in the first showdown this year. I'll give him that. His uh, his defensive pressure was uh, was one of the keys to our win um, in that game. He was pretty good against North Melbourne as well. But you know, look, he's playing as a small forward, and he didn't kick a goal in his last six games. It's just not good enough, you know. We need we need small forwards that can actually uh, put some sort of impact onto the scoreboard and uh, get involved in that fashion and kick goals as opposed to just sort of running around like a sheepdog, which you know has been something that we've criticised Jake Need for for Ever. years, for yeah. years now, probably yeah. four years. And uh, look, it's not his fault. You know, he he doesn't select himself into the AFL side. Uh, the coaching panel does. Um, but you just got to wonder at what stage do you say enough's enough? He's clearly not developing any more than this. He's never going to be better than what he is now. This is his peak. Yep. Um, at what point do you say, sorry, Jakey, we're going to move you on? Because <laughs> it should have happened two years ago. Yeah, looking at his stats, I mean, first of all, how did he play 66 games? How has he, how is he on our list and he's played 66 games? Yeah, he played eight I mean, games. it's amazing. He's played eight games this year and he's got an average, what, average disposals of 11 over his career, average goals mm. of 0.8 a game, average tackles of three, and that's something he's meant to be good at. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, what, what's he for? <laughs> yeah. Uh, even one percenters, which is one of the things he's supposed to be good at, you know, all that stuff. Like what I'm saying here, what zero point seven a game? Um, mm. what, what's, what's he for? What's he for, Macca? 
Yeah, I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. As I said, I, like he's got to be delisted this year. He has to be because these are the sorts of players that should not be getting games at AFL level anymore. Um, you know, why not try a Jake Patmore or a Joe Atley in a in a forward line or on a forward flank? Yeah, and when, uh, when, and see what they can do. Now we Pat- saw the the success that Kane Farrell was late in the season. Um, he had a grade into the season. Why not give another player a chance as opposed to um, you know, bringing in Jake Need for round 23 for absolutely no reason oh, I know. at all. When Jake Patmore was kicking goals and he was named the best player, I think, in the Magpies the, that week before, mm. you know, I mean, what? <laughs> How did he not yes. get run? Ridiculous. That's it. That is it. And that is it for this podcast, I think, this yeah. week. Ah, angry. Grr. <laughs> so, yes, good times. I think there's one more player review yeah, uh, podcast left, which is titled something. Um, I'm just yeah, scrambling to, to look at others. The 2019 is. Uh, yeah, this is a the, good one. Yeah. Yeah. So, Kane Farrell, Sam Hayes, Willem Drew, Aidan Johnson, Jake Patmore, and Riley Bonner will be in this one. Um, which should be a bit more positive, I think. Hopefully, and especially if we manage to trade Amon in the meantime. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Lovely, lovely. All right. That's it. Well, on that note, can't the pair. Can't, Port. Wines, Gray, fancy, well done. Still Gray, handball's good. Westoff could kick a goal from here. He does. What a start. 